Hi, I'm Neville J. McKenzie, and you're listening to Asia Biz Stories Entrepreneurs in Action in partnership with the Brunel Alumni. CJ Tan is a regular member of the Brunel Alumni Association. He has extensive experience in manufacturing and quality management, including startups and high volume production. He is skilled in building quality systems and ensuring the safety of employees and the environment. CJ has led initiatives to improve quality company-wide and worked closely with manufacturing partners to maintain quality standards. He actively engaged with customers to support their engineering and quality initiatives. It is true, you know, you've always been treated as a bad guy in the the company, a stopper in a company, right? And then when the quality is not right, we tend to be more aggressive and stop the production from going on. He has worked in QA for some of the biggest names in the semiconductor industry. CJ's last role as quality director ended in 2016. After taking some time out, he started a fresh new career as a realtor. His motto is, customer comes first have the sufficient information before they make a decision. We all understand that everybody wants to buy low and sell high. The fact of the matter here is that how does one know he is buying low or selling high? CJ Tan is the second in the series to have graduated from the Henley Brunel MBA program. This conversation is the sixth in the pilot for the Brunel Alumni Association Singapore. The format is based on entrepreneurs in action, and we are looking to evolve it into a standalone podcast series focused on Brunel alumni based in Singapore. Send your ideas and suggestions to me on LinkedIn or in person at the next Brunel Alumni Association meetup in Singapore. So now, without further delay, let's begin. CJ, can you just introduce yourself? My name is CJ Tan, and uh, as you have mentioned, uh, I am currently working as a realtor for ERA Network Realty Private Limited for the last two and a half years or so, going to three years. And that was because I retired from uh, semiconductor industry, which I worked for 30 years. When I find myself having so much spare time, I decided to do something more interesting, something that goes in line with what I have passionately been involved in terms of uh, investing in property. So properties naturally comes into mind. And it turns out that it is very interesting for me to pursue this career. In my spare time, I actually am a president of Handy Business School Alumni Singapore. Oh, I didn't realize you were the president now. Oh, yes, I do. I do. I, I did it for the last... Uh, Three years, two, three years. Oh, so you took over from, did you take over from Stanley? Stanley was previous, uh, several iterations before that. The last that I took over from, from David. I did See, I didn't know that. Your, your first job was in Penang. Correct. Where is Penang? I was originally from Malaysia, Penang. I actually started my work in Penang as a... Your undergraduate degree is? My undergraduate degree is a Bachelor of Science in Physics. So you're the second physicist in the uh, Brunel alumni. That's why, who is that? Um, Mario. 
Mario talk about his uh, principle, it does resonate with me very much. <laughs> From your first job as a physicist in Penang, and then how did you get to Singapore? I started off as a physicist in the smelting company, working inside the lab, doing physical analysis. And then uh, with my background in terms of analysis, I joined uh, Intel Penang which is also a semiconductor company uh, making chips for PC, right? That's where I started as a quality engineer. From there, I moved on. You know, I decided to come to Singapore because I thought that uh, there would be more opportunity in Singapore. Over time, I worked in Singapore. I graduated and decided that you know, I might as well settle here. Very similar to Stanley, I became a citizen in Singapore after a while. So how long have you lived in Singapore? I came here in 1985. Yeah, that's a long time. You mentioned that you work, you worked as a physicist in a smelting company. My last job in China, I worked for a foundry. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Make, it, it's, a, it's a foundry, right? <laughs> yeah, making the water pipe. So I, I have an idea of the job you were doing, doing when you were doing the analysis you were checking the maybe the hardness of the ore samples, checking the the chemical composition. Composition, composition yeah. Okay. For me, I was more of a using a physical method. So we actually prepare electrodes and then we run a spectrograph. We check the wavelength, you know. The wavelength, we can calibrate the composition, right? With different samples, we can calibrate the composition so what were your main responsibilities during your time as a QA specialist I've been there for many many years so I did a varieties of roles in the quality arena starting off from quality control of manufacturing environment then I moved on to managing supplier managing customers that is largely my role before I left the world of semiconductors I was a global quality director for the major semiconductor company for both uh, AC company as well as memory companies. From what I know about quality assurance, they tend to have to get other members of the company in line. So it's quite a challenging job within a company because sometimes you have to tell people that they're not doing a good job. Do you have any examples of any stories that you could tell us? of having to tell people that they need to improve what they're doing. It could either be a customer, uh, a client, internal. I, I get what you mean. Yes, it is. It is true. You know, you've always been treated as a bad guy in the the company, a stopper in the company, right? And then when the quality is not right, we tend to be more aggressive and stop the production from going on. We always get branded as somebody who is, inhibiting their progress, so to speak. But at the end of the day, the customer satisfaction is the most important thing for company to be successful. If customer is not happy with the quality of the product, they will return. We would kind of uh, lose uh, revenue over time. So it is important for us to actually drive the concept of quality in the manufacturing world. A lot of 
obstacles during the process. So a lot of time I find myself doing the process of education. We brought in program like total quality concept, six sigma program, problem solving program into the company to allow people to understand uh, how to make their product better. And by having method techniques to uh, actually management techniques rather than uh, technical techniques, but management skill into the manufacturing world, people start to think about doing it right the first time. And that's how by education, we are able to kind of transition the mentality of just pushing a product to one that is actually producing high quality product at the same time meeting their delivery performance. So how did you get into the role as a Q&A specialist? So was it something that you'd always wanted from the time you were um, at school or university? Or was it something that came to you after you graduated? To be honest, you know, this is not something that I have in mind what I want to be like. People, when they're, they, when they're in school, they say, I want to be a doctor, I want to be an accountant, right? But those, those times that I have, I just, I got into the job market and we're thankful to be in the job market, right? And then when you got into it, you start to see what are the roles that is uh, suitable for you to do. And with the background that we have, and then, and then I was kind of put into the quality assurance role. So that's how I got into it. As you, I got into it, you start to learn about how things gets done in the manufacturing environment. You start to get into learning how you can apply your knowledge in helping the process. On and on, as it progresses, we get more interested and you know, it just continue to build on it and start to attend training and build a skill around how to do a better job in terms of quality control, quality assurance and management. And why did you do the MBA? What was, it, what was the thinking behind that? At that time, this is something that I want to do, yes. Working as a specialist, it is often run into the end of a career. You would think that somebody will run into the end of a career, but to become a manager, that was my thinking at that time, becoming a manager that will give you better career development over time. So MBA is something that I thought it would help me in terms of improving my knowledge, in terms of building my management skill, the ability to understand business better. So it would expose me to a better kind of a management role over long run. And did it help? Definitely, for sure. The MBA programs are, has been very, very helpful to me, I think, uh, for me to understand uh, management in general. But in particularly, there are specific areas that really help me in terms of project management is one big area that I came into contact during my career development phase. I was put into a role of managing factory expansion and it involved myself looking for a new factory space to be able to expand our entire factory capacity. So absolutely, project management is something that came very handy for me to be able to tackle the problems. So there's one specific example. I mean, there are areas for, for example, people management. 
as a specialist, we may not be so skillful in terms of handling people and understand people's behavior. So in my role as a quality a person needs to be able to prepare people to understand what is needed for the company to progress. Therefore, we need to understand how people behave in a different situation. I mean, they have their goals to pursue. I have to put in new goals for them to achieve, not necessarily in line with what they with them, but we need to be able to articulate and help them to see what we are seeing. So people management skill is very, very important. It's something that you learn over time. I mean, I think we pick it up during the MBA program. Your current role as a realtor, what are some of the key factors that you consider when assisting clients in making decisions about buying and selling a property? Buying and selling property is a decision that needs to be based on data. I myself was an investor. I, I'm still an investor. So I'm actually, the way I look at things is uh, to be able to understand the data that's available, particularly the market data, so that we can make a sound and informed decision. And that is the kind of thinking that I have when I deal with seller or buyer. I would want to make sure that the seller or buyer have the sufficient information before they make a decision. We all understand that everybody wants to buy low and sell high. The fact of the matter here is that how does one know he is buying low or selling high? Because in a rising market, you may be chasing selling high. Or if you are trying to buy low in a rising market, you'll never get to buy anything. So the situation is to make the buyer or seller understand the current market condition. As long as person who make a decision fully understand where they are in the market and they are prepared to finance what they buy, I think it is more important than just buy low or sell high, right? So it's buying at the current market data with its ability to finance. Because recently, uh, there have been a big price increase. That is true. And what about renting? Yeah, I do. I do renting as well. It's the same thing. Again, you see, renting is a very dynamic market. It is has to do with supply and demand. So obviously, again, we need to find the needs of the customer. Location is important to them. But once we determine the location where it is, the next thing is to make sure that the supply in that location is there to meet the, his demand, right? Prices were fluctuate depending on supply and demand. So the idea here is to demonstrate data to the customer, the set of data that's available, and, and let the customer make the decision at the end of the day. We recently moved. Would I be your customer or would it be the owner of the apartment be your customer? Or would it be either? I have the liberty to serve either or. I can serve a tenant or I can serve a landlord. But in each location, I can only serve one party. There is a very strict control by our society, the CEA. Maybe next time I'll, I'll ask you to represent us. No problem. Absolutely no problem. 
<laughs> so my job, my job is to make sure that my client, whether it is a tenant or a landlord, is happy with the decision he or she made at the end of the day. Why didn't you just carry on in QA? Semiconductor manufacturing in Singapore, there is less and less job or rather uh, demand for the kind of skill set that I have. There are jobs out in the market, but outside the country. At this stage, I prefer to stay close with the family and, and part of the time is uh, have quality time with the family. And I want to have more flexibility, actually. So this job does allow me more flexibility. In what way? Because semiconductor is one that you have to spend 100% of the time be able to, to succeed in a career. Right? So at this stage of my life, you know, we, we, we kind of spare more thoughts in terms of quality time with the family. So why did you choose to become a realtor? I did take a couple of years to try to consider what I should pursue. In a way, it was incidental when I come across someone who has already a realtor, uh, one of our classmates. Interesting enough, it is something in line with my hobby, number one. Number two here is that being a realtor, it is a self-employed business. You can have your own personal time. At the same time, you can choose to allocate sufficient time to do your business. So the flexibility of doing business and, and having sufficient uh, own time made me decide to become a realtor. Yeah, and that, and that brings me on to, you know, the advantages of the Brunel alumni. What motivates you to attend the Brunel alumni meeting? I want to be able to stay connected to the world. Through the alumni network, it is one of the better way because you will be meeting like-minded people. We will talk about anything under the sun, associate with each other in terms of what is happening around our, our life, around our career, around the universities, alumni activities. And that's how we want to do, you know, we want to just stay connected with the right people. Have you worked with anyone from Brunel alumni on any any particular projects? For instance, I actually have alumni who have come to me and uh, become a client of my uh, property business. I have uh, met Stan Lee, who have given me very, very good advice when I first retired. So we spent quality time together in terms of uh, talking about what we do, what is uh, important in our life right now, how do we move forward. So networking with the, the right people are basically something that uh, would help me, right? I would think would help anybody. Do you have any advice for people based on attending the alumni meetings? Should be very open-minded, should be able to reach out to anybody, you know, be open about it and not be shy about sharing your own experience, which sometimes I do. <laughs> but uh, if you want to, to connect to the world, you have to start the connection rather than wait for somebody to start the connection. I think that is advice. All right, CJ. Thank you so much, uh, Neville.
it has been a pleasure. Yeah. And um, enjoy the rest of the beach. <laughs> I like to. Yeah. But I'm no, no way near the beach. <laughs> yeah. All right. Take care. Hey, good good yeah. day. Bye good bye. day. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. A big thanks, CJ Tan, for a great chat and insights on a successful career in the Singapore semiconductor industry and making the transition to a second career as a realtor. Listeners, if you want to get in touch with CJ, you can find him on LinkedIn, the ERA company website, or check out asiabizstories.com, where there are relevant links from this episode. If you're a current Brunel student looking for help with your career, feel free to reach out to CJ. And if you're a Brunel alumnus living in Singapore, we'd love to meet you in person at the next meetup.